men and women are different. Okay, mm-hmm. I think we can establish that so clearly. So the idea that men and women are the same and that women can perform men's roles right. is absolutely ridiculous. Right. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? I am excited, super excited to be talking to this next guest because he sounds incredibly sophisticated. And for some reason, you're going to figure out why in a second. But been watching his stuff all day today. And it's just it's made me laugh. It's made me cry. It's made me sad. It's made me happy. So I'm excited to have um, this next guest on. Without further ado, he's the host of A Pint of Interest on YouTube. Make sure you check it out. His name is Lewis Brackpool. Thanks so much for being here, Lewis. Hey man, thank you so much for having me. And I'm guessing you're saying that because of the whole accent thing. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's exactly what it was. I mean, you know how much oh. of a suckers uh, Americans are for for a British accent. <laughs> yeah, I've heard this before. This this myth. I'm yet to uh, I'm yet to come across that soon. So all you got to do is go, come, come to America and go to the South, and you'll be <laughs> you'll be fawned over. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> But Thank yeah, man. You. So, can, uh, just tell us a little bit about your your podcast or your show. Um, I, I love the I love the format of it. Like, I love interviewing people that have a, a unique approach to content because it's to me that's that's the most fun part about doing this stuff, right? Is getting to experiment with mm-hmm. formats and all that. So, just give us a little bit of like what your show is about, what you do, and and all that. Yeah. So i I am a host for a podcast called A Pint of Interest. It is a very British-styled podcast where we set it in a kind of like a virtual pub. So, you know, most of the time we're having a drink and we're just loosely talking about politics. Nice. And we bring on guests every week and just talk to them about certain issues, what's been going on in, in the news. And we do segments called Woke of the Week, where we find the most woke article and pretty much to take the mick out of it. And uh, it's 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 very black-pilled. It's very sort of, um, you know, taking the mick out of our own culture, but at the same time trying to find issues and trying to find solutions at the same time. Right. So, yeah, it's one of those strange, strange concepts, but... Yeah, it's great fun. Uh, I obviously have my, uh, I call him my token Spanish mate uh, (laughs) on my show, Oscar, Oscar Lopez, who's a fantastic co-host as well. And um, we just, we're we're pretty right wing on a lot of things. We're quite center on a few stuff. Sometimes we 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 end up arguing, which I think is great for viewership as well. It's all genuine. It's all very organic. So that's what I do, uh, along with obviously my YouTube stuff where... I'm either reacting to something or I'm talking about a particular topic. So for sure, yeah, it's all it's all good fun. So um, when I, when I do come on, I'm probably not going to be having beer, but I will have an old fashioned because that's that's my go to drink. Right, and I'm going to make it myself. <laughs> I'm going to try and make it myself for the first time just for just for your show. So um, yeah, definitely awesome. go and follow him on YouTube. It's super super cool, and and I think it's super entertaining and and at times very funny. So. Um, sometimes sadness can be funny (laughs) like yeah you you have to honestly the politics game uh i didn't realize how sad it is (laughs) until i properly started to get into it and i thought the best way to do it is to have a laugh at the same time and i think that's kind of like my little motto yeah i like to sort of pull 
For sure. So uh, along your personal politics, right? Um, I'm, I'm mm. always curious about this. You you being from the UK and all. Uh, what are there differences between, let's say, the right wing of the UK and then conservatism in America? I know that me like I'm, I'm Peruvian, right? So I'm listening to a mm. lot of Peruvian politics lately because I'm just intrigued by what's happening. A lot of things are changing. And I've noticed mm. that the right side of politics there is not mm. comparable to to right to right wing conservatism in America. So I'm curious for you, mm. what what differences do you see between you know let's say the people in the states and then yourself? Mm. So I think the big difference is the conservatives in the UK for a lot of people feel like they're not exactly conserving much, mm. and I think that's the big issue we're having over in the UK in terms of right and left. Um, obviously, we've we've got our fringe groups. And, you know, tiny little political parties that try and make their voices heard in every election and try and swing the voters on particular topics. But I think the main thing with British politics at the minute is the fact that the conservatives aren't really conserving much. Um, what do you mean by that necessarily? Like what what would they be wanting to conserve otherwise? Well, there's a lot of dam damage that have been done over the years mm. by by previous candidates. So for example, uh, Tony Blair, when he came in during the, I believe, late 90s mm -hmm. and uh, early 2000s, he was passing so much legislation throughout his term. So from that has left a massive detrimental uh, vacuum within politics in the UK. So things like freedom of speech as well has been completely ruined in the UK. Um, I think I briefly talked to you actually about non non-hate crime incidents or yes. something like that yes. briefly briefly went over that so there's things like that and this was all drafted up by tony blair back in the day and it's now it's completely overhauled and it's been weaponized now and because we have a majority conservative government they're not exactly using their powers willfully i mean of course with covid and things like that and the the lockdowns and the and the restrictions excuse me um, it's kind of been used as a very, I want to say quite draconian measures and people mm. don't like that. Right. I think we see places like Texas and Florida, a lot of us in the UK and see those as kind of like safe havens now where, you know, you're, you're not part of this controlled system. Right. And I think that's the problem. And personally, I'm not sure about other people, but personally, I see our conservative government as, uh, as almost liberals okay uh, so like neoliberals right, so right right that's the big difference so it's very watered down conservatism right. and i think that's the main thing there's not a big degree of nationalism that's happening within the party no so yeah so in the uk nationalism is considered a dirty word which is really bad oh, and see. patriotism is is very not frowned upon but it's it's almost laughed at right and i don't like that because I, that's why I respect America a lot, because you fly your f flags very proudly. You're proud of your military. You're proud of your history. Whereas over here, it's been watered down and weaponized so much right. that you feel like you can't go out and be patriotic. You can't go out and say you're a nationalist because people would think that you're well racist right. really to put it bluntly right so that's the clear problems in the uk unfortunately the only time that i've really investigated um uk politics at all was mm. i stumbled across some videos of this guy um tommy robinson do you know who he is yeah 
Okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I'm he's a really, really controversial figure. Um, you know, mm-hmm. as far as I know, yeah. he got put in jail for for things that he said, in particular about mm-hmm. Islam and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. but he it, is he considered like a far right nationalist? There is that is that what the the gist is? See, this is this is what the the media have said, um, right. and a lot of publications. Tommy Robinson. Um, I've never spoken about Tommy Robinson on anything, actually, <laughs> funnily enough. You're the first one to bring this into this topic into light. Well, he's the myself. one that introduced me to the idea of Antifa, even, you know, and, and wow. here okay. Antifa has grown into so many things. I've been Tommy Robinson's content was out 10 years ago, you know, so mm-hmm. uh, Antifa was literally like Joe Biden said, it was an idea back then. And yeah, I think it's yeah. grown. And, and so now it's here and, and it's in our neighborhoods mm. in the States. And I'm just like, wow, I remember mm. looking at this like years ago on YouTube. Mm. The problem is um, with this rhetoric of anti-fascism, mm-hmm. right? Is anyone now on the right is considered a fascist. <laughs> I mean, this has been right. polarized so much right. that even being small C conservatives, mm-hmm. uh, a small C conservative, that is considered, you know, a form of fascism now. Wow. And that's what's the worrying thing. Um, I mean, Tommy Robinson, as far as I'm aware, he always voted Labour. So he always voted left wing politics um, from <laughs> back in the day before he started the um, the English Defence League mm. years and years ago. I remember I was very young when he started that. Um, and personally, in my own personal view of um, the English Defence League, I'm not a fan of how he's done it mm-hmm. um, because they are... T- it's not really taken seriously nowadays. I mean, the EDL don't, doesn't exist anymore. Right. Because um, it consisted of, um, well, it looked, it didn't look professional. It was pretty much, it looked as like a bunch of football hooligans going around smashing things up. And I like to really... think, of it, I like to think of it like compa- comparable to uh, Gavin McInnes and the Proud Boys. <laughs> oh yeah. And the Proud Boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think, I feel like it's a, a similar aesthetic, you know, maybe the optics wise. Mm, yeah, I I, de- I can definitely see that definitely. Um, but I think when I think Tommy started getting more serious, I, I say more serious. I think more sort of I want to say I want to say mainstream, but that's not the correct word because he's been banned. Right. But I think more nuanced and very more streamlined in what he what his message was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you go and watch his his Oxford University speech where he speaks for an hour long about, um, you know, the issues with Islam that he believes as well and uh, the troubles he's had growing up in Luton and areas which has been which multiculturalism, unfortunately, has failed within right. these areas within Britain. Um, it sort of highlights the, the growing worry of it. And um in my own personal opinion, I've never really admitted this, but uh, I personally don't mind um, Mr. Robinson. I think I don't agree with him on everything. I right. don't think I, I don't think anyone can agree with anyone on fully on on everything. But I think when you look into it, I think what the media has done, very similar with Trump, uh, very similar with Nigel Farage, is operated on a, on a kind of smear campaign. Right. I don't think I, I'm going to say this now. I don't think. Um, Mr. Robinson is a racist mm. at all. I agree. I, I've not seen any evidence of that I at agree. all. And that's my own personal viewpoint from seeing that. Um, 
Yeah, I wasn't expecting talking about it. <laughs> Me so neither. It's very surprising. I, I just, it, you know, the accent triggers something and it, it, it yeah, brought it to sure. light. But, um, Mm. it's interesting to me to talk about things like that and in particular if we want to touch on religion a little bit we don't have to go deep but yeah um sure what his critiques of islam are i think some people may if if they are agnostic or they're not religious they might think well mm. what is it about islam that doesn't apply to just religions in general and for mm. me you know i've studied christian theology for a while and i've you know i've touched on on islam and islamic theology mm -hmm. but the main difference is that incorporated into Islam is a government, right? It's it's a way of yeah. running an entire country, whereas Christianity yeah. is based on the individual. And so yes. as much as I would love to, as a Christian, say everybody in the United States has to be a Christian, that would be an ideologue kind of thing to do. That would be very authoritarian mm. and it would contradict very. the the worldview itself, whereas Islam, it, it kind of fits into the worldview. Um have you have you discovered anything that you're critical of when it comes to religion or Islam in particular? Is there something that that you have you thought about that much? Yes, um, I. It's Islam's a very tricky subject here in the UK. I would imagine. Um, yeah, it's a very very tricky subject. Um, I personally, um, I'm not a fan of it myself. Um, I. I actually don't tie to any religion personally, and that might surprise a lot of people um, being conservative. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in particular, I don't think, I think when you have a doctrine that has within the, the scripture that treats women and children as second class citizens, right. and you know, the idea of you can beat your wife black and blue yeah um without drawing blood that doesn't sit well with me personally right and i i'm not a fan of that how dare and you that, <laughs> yeah how dare i yeah. um be critical um but this is this is the problem i i'm not a fan of it do do i think do i think that people should stop practicing the religion no do i do i think that it needs a reform definitely absolutely yes. um and that's my only critique because there's there is a lot i do have a copy of the quran and i do need to go through it thoroughly but i um yeah i just I've, i think i think it does need a reform from what i've seen and from what i've read so far cool because yeah i just I yeah it's it's it definitely I, I can imagine it would be a tricky subject to talk about yeah um mm. so i'd love to continue the the conversation we're going to switch gears but uh, maybe we sure. could continue it for like the kind of web extended thing I do for my Patreon members. This way it's behind a yeah. paywall. We'll talk about it in depth. You know, it'd be cool. Sure. Um, so, yeah, switching gears, what we were going to talk about before we got into Tommy Robinson and everything. Um, the culture wars, right? What What is happening day to day and, you know, this the gender, I, I guess, the gender confusion that's happening today. It seems to be like mm. a lot of the things you're reacting to in your in your in your content are things that have to do with like, let's say feminism or, you know, I, I one particular is hilarious where it's a, it's this very pretty blonde girl and she's taking all these pictures and it's like pre pre college and then like post college yeah. or you guys call it uni. Yeah. Um, and she's just like this emo, you know, she's just yeah. all, she looks completely different. What, why do you, <laughs> where do you think all of this is coming from is my, is my question. What's the, what's the deal with feminism and why is it having such a drastic effect in particular on these young girls i think i think feminism over the years has been 
has been an absolute disaster for women. Mm. An absolute disaster. I mean, I'm all for equal rights. I'm all for equal opportunity, not equity, because there's a clear difference. Yes. I think feminism now has been used as a model to, to almost hate men now, because it's like, okay, we've gotten what we want, but we want now the power over, over other genders. And Absolutely. that's where I kind of go, I switch off and I go, no, thanks. In regards to uh, this, this girl that, of course, has uh, completely changed from, you know, looking very presentable and then all, all of a sudden gone completely the other way. I don't know. Maybe it's too much TikTok. <laughs> Maybe it's uh, too much Tumblr, although I don't know if Tumblr even exists anymore. I don't think but, so. I think, uh, no, I think Facebook I think they've it. all like, transcended onto mainstream platforms now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know what it is. I think it's this sort of big F you to, to men and this idea of a patriarchy that men are tyrannical and want to control women and control their bodies and control what they think. Right. I don't think I, I'm pretty sure that doesn't even happen like anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, it's even happened until since the Middle Ages. Right. So I don't know. Why be so angry and upset over the most beautiful western civilization in the world britain canada the us all of these countries northern europe that literally treat women exactly the same as men right so i don't understand where this hatred is coming from right um it's interesting because you know, it's uh, this is happening and and a comedian andrew schultz i don't know if you've heard of him he made this point and i think it's hilarious the the feminist movement has pushed this um equity essentially um, mm. But in a very convenient time where we mm. don't have nearly as much manual labor to do, we have air conditioning, we have, you know, every luxury at our disposal. And, and now now is the time where the feminist movement says, hey, we want to be equal. We want everything that, that men can yeah. do and we can do everything that men can do. And we essentially we yeah. are men, you know, so yeah. which which is wrong, I think. Yeah, I think the idea men and women are different okay mm -hmm. i think we can establish that so clearly so the idea that men and women are the same and that women can perform men's roles right. is absolutely ridiculous right in my view i mean so let's take, unpack example, that a little bit uh well what would you consider a woman's role as opposed to a man's role well if you look at if you look at caring i mean women are, are biologically and obviously mentally way more equipped to care right. for um you know even emotionally to care for for you know children animals things like that not saying that men can't but of course they're more biologically equipped right right and in terms of for for uh, for a man it's completely different yeah. so they're more sort of protection you know and that sort of thing i think i believe i've read a lot of jordan peterson and i think he stated that women um are more sort of emotionally uh, i think intentive i want to say the word mm -hmm. um whereas a man is more sort of aggressive protectionism that kind of area absolutely so so we do have different roles and i mean to mix that and jumble that up i think is is creating a 
a cocktail of disaster. Yeah, it's it's incredible. One of the things that frustrates me in particular is the disdain for the institution of marriage. Right. Because it's sure. like well, you have complementary roles, you know, I mean, Christianity called complementarianism. Um, mm-hmm. And we have literally built societies on this for thousands and thousands of years. And yeah. all of a sudden it's like, well, because I saw my parents having, uh, you know, trouble with their marriage or they got divorced. Now I lose mm-hmm. all hope in the institution of marriage. And actually, I should I should behave like a man. A woman should behave like a man and start mm-hmm. having, you know, pr- being promiscuous because that's that's yeah. empowering. It's almost like they're shooting themselves in the foot. Essentially, you're yeah. you're they're, they're removing the the aspect of uh, society that was supposed to benefit them, right? That was supposed to be mutually beneficial for men and women. So that's the part that gets to me. What what do you see um, as, I guess, the reasoning to, to... keep marriage as an important institution like what you mentioned jordan peterson um Mm -hmm. and one of his uh i guess observations was so genius to me that we're we're in a time now where we have to explain things that we just knew were true for hundreds and hundreds of years like hey Mm -hmm. you should get married and have kids now we have we find ourselves explaining those things explaining these things all over again i mean statistics show that women are the most are the unhappiest they've ever been in modern times and you could factor that into so many things, whether it be feminism, whether it be staying late at work, whether it be pursuing a career instead of a family. There's so many different avenues to go in by. But the problem is, when you have all these avenues, it does create this cocktail, doesn't it? Yeah. Of this unhappiness. Yeah. And I'm, nobody's saying, you're a woman, don't go to work. You're a woman, <laughs> pursue a, uh, don't pursue a career. Right. Nobody's saying this. And I think that's... That's the, the, the tanglement of message. That's that's, that's the trope, I think, right? Yeah, exactly. We're not saying that. We're just saying, look, you'd be happier if you had if you got married and had kids. Yeah. And there's nothing controversial about that. Yeah. A little you know, anecdote on that note. Um, my first job as a graphic designer full time, I was, you know, finally, finally in the industry I wanted to be in. I worked alongside this this girl who was older than me. I was I was 23 at the time. She was in her 30s and uh, she would just unload on me. She would tell me all of her, you know, we were working next door cubicles. So obviously you get to know the person. She'd tell me all about her boyfriend from from England that would come and see her and blah, blah, blah. And he wants she wants to marry him. And and there was one night where we had to stay late for work. Her work wasn't getting done. The boss was on her butt. On top of that, her boyfriend had just broken up with her because um, uh, he, she found out that he cheated on her. So he was like, you know what? Then oh. it's over. Right. All, all this stuff is culminating for her. And um, mm. as I'm leaving, I go to say bye to her and she's under her desk crying, sobbing. Mm. And I'm just like, mm. at the time, I was just like, I felt bad because I'm like, OK, she's having relationship problems. But looking back on it, it's like. No, this woman has put herself in the situation where she put her career first for so long that now it's hard for her to really dedicate herself to a relationship. And that's causing issues as well. I'm sure the guy has fault in it, too. But Mm -hmm. it was it was just like this big culmination of like everything that's wrong with that feminist mentality. A little anecdote, but but I think it's really representative of a bigger issue. Absolutely. And it sounds like she burnt herself out. Yeah, you know, and you know, we're all guilty of of burning ourselves out. But when you prioritize things that you know, extended bodies tell you to, for example, feminism, you know, teaching you 
you can do ma um, man things. You can take on man roles. You can you can be better than and stronger than a man. You can do you can do all these things that that men can do as well. Fine, no problem. But you know, it's one of those things. If I started, if I suddenly decided, right, I'm going to go to university, and I had an IQ of let's say a hundred, mm -hmm. but everyone else in university was say 140, I'm going to struggle. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna have to keep up with everyone else, and that's that's the sad reality of it. Right now, now once again, you have to explain. Not all, of course, you know, because it's it's very, um, it's, it's very individualistic in that sense, right? Absolutely. Because you can't you can't just say all. You can't use the tarnish brush all, um, and you know, and I think I think both sides can be guilty of that, but at the same time. You look at generalization, you look at the the wider factor, and that needs to be taken into account as well. Absolutely. Uh, to bring up another controversial figure, um, sure. when, when you said, um, you know, not not all women necessarily need to live this way. Mm. It, it brings up what Milo once talked about, the, the, oh, yes. the infamous Milo. Um, yep. he, he said, like, if you're a woman, you are most likely going to be you're most likely going to be most happy if you're married. Now, there's. A very mm -hmm. small percentage of women that are so incredibly good at what they do that they would the world would benefit from them not being married or not dedicating their life to their family. People mm. like, you know, people like Oprah, people like Mother Teresa, you know, pe people who have a lot to give the world as far as talent goes and natural gifting. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that applies for women, but I think it maybe not as much, but I think it does apply for men. I want to kind of go into the, the topic of masculinity and where men kind of line up in all this but from from my experience i think it's i think it's been we've we've placed the idea of like being the one percent man and like being super rich and and all these things placed it on this pedestal where we think it's a lot more common than it actually is you know like there's mm -hmm. there's very few men that are millionaires that are successful that have mm -hmm. you know all these amazing families um but we we kind of are trying to get to a place now where we just accept that there there is a regular life that is just as fulfilling, if not more fulfilling, than than being a millionaire. What, what's your take absolutely. on that? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and listen, it's it's a struggle as it is in life in general. You know, as as dark as that sounds. Yeah. But you know, blood, sweat, and tears goes into careers and wanting to pursue what you want to do. For example, what we're doing as well a lot of hard work goes into what we're doing to try and gain success absolutely and you know that applies to everyone uh in terms of you know trying to gain that one percent trying to do that you need to be a really special kind of person yeah to be able to do that you you literally have to be a completely different person and you know what you believe in you may have to put on the back burner, you know, you have to really sacrifice. And I think that's, the, I think that's the big issue. Yeah. People don't realize how much you have to sacrifice in order to gain something and to gain at this huge ground. I mean, 1%, yeah. 1% <laughs> is ridiculous. Yeah. It is ridiculously small, right? And only not even a handful of people can get there. Yeah. Right. And that's not to say don't try. If you believe that that's, you know, within you to do that, right. but you have to be realistic and you have to acknowledge the things that you sacrifice. You can't just 
start doing it and then halfway through you go actually it's not for me <laughs> because then you what what all this time what have you done what have you achieved from doing that and i think that's the the big issue of it you're either all in or you're all out yeah and i think most of that's why most of us are all out and that's that's fine that's as long as you're happy really <laughs> exactly that reminds me of the elon musk quote um Somebody was asking him, like, oh, what what words of of inspiration do you have for, like, future entrepreneurs and stuff? And he says, yeah, uh, well, if you need words of motivation, then you probably shouldn't be an entrepreneur. You, sh- yeah, you shouldn't be one. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it, absolutely. It's exactly what you're saying. It's like you can't go yeah. halfway. If somebody has to tell no. you, hey, you have to work harder, you're, yeah. you're not cut out for it. You're not cut out for it. Yeah. Absolutely. If someone's there to tell you, look, you need to start putting in more. You should already be doing that right in the first place right you and don't need someone on the internet or a youtube video to tell you what to do you should be already there gunning for it absolutely and that and that's one of the things that i think is happening with masculinity and manhood today we yes. especially i don't know how old you are i'm 32 but uh, so 27 27 okay so we're both technically millennials but we grew up with yeah. this this like idea of you're a snowflake you're unique you know everything mm-hmm. that you say and do matters you know your emotions yeah. matter and we were just constantly validated. So then when yes. we got into the real world and had to work, like I, I'll say this for myself. People always told me, Angel, you're going to do something special. You're going to be great at something, blah, 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 growing up. And I was yeah. like, and I would believe it. I'd be like, oh, cool. But then just never do anything to get there. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, oh, yeah. it's just supposed to happen. People are telling me it's going to happen. I guess it'll yeah. just happen. And then I wake up and I'm like, crap, I actually have to do work to, to actually yeah get there yeah and i think a lot of what's happening in the west in particular is we're, mm. we're robbing men of the incentive to work hard and strive for something absolutely yeah i i, I totally agree i think we're sold a lie as millennials to be yeah. honest i think we were sold this idea that everything can be handed to you on a plate and a lot of people believed that um this idea that you know you can sort of almost piggyback off your parents if you wanted <laughs> to when things get tough um which you know people go through different struggles if you know if you need your parents that's what they're there for they're there to help and 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 help you yeah sorry um so with that being said though sitting around and just waiting for something to happen is it's not going to happen i'm right. sorry uh, and i know a lot of people i'm sure people that watch your podcast as well they they want to strive to be someone right they want to be someone successful and they want to do well for themselves or be happy within their lives. And that's, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, but at the same time, you're not going to do it by sitting around, are you? <laughs> you know, right. you have to get up out and just face the music and do it. Right. You know, regardless of what hurdles keep throwing you, just jump over, keep doing it, you know? And unfortunately millennials, I think because we were born within the halfway point, I like to call it, where it's like we we had technology and some of us hadn't. So we kind of, we had it easy, but sometimes had it hard. Yeah. And now that's why I'm a bit frightful of this new generation coming up. And it's Gen Z at the minute, isn't it? Yeah. So they, where they have everything really. And it's a split now between they want conservatism because a lot of Gen Zs want conservatism now mm-hmm. um, or the complete opposite so it's literally opposites now yeah so i mean, I mean my yeah. little my little cousins are uh well my one my one cousin's 18 full gen z to the max he just turned 18 today actually um oh brilliant but he was like 
red pilled watching Gavin McInnes at like sixteen yeah, years yeah, old, yeah. you know, and he just Wicked. he's just not about the like the leftism at all. Like he does not care to be politically correct, and I think some of it is like rebellion towards adults, right? It's like yeah. whatever the last generation wanted, we rebel against that. Like us as yeah. millennials, we were we were rebelling against the Gen Xers who were all about mm-hmm. like, you know, put in the work, just work nine to five and you'll be fine. You know, that kind of thing. Mm. We're like, we don't want to have to do, we want to, we want to. Like, no, we, we want to be someone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We want to live And it feels like we have been sold a lie. Yeah, I think. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But no, the, it's so interesting to look at Gen Z now and to see that split yeah. where some of them are just like, hey, you know what I'm going to do to be really rebellious, get married and have kids. You know, that's what yeah, I'm going to do. Which is controversial now. <laughs> yeah. How crazy is that? Yeah. That's considered controversial. Yeah. I just, it's crazy. I think John Lydon from the, from the infamous band, the Sex Pistols, yes. um, said, I can't believe I'm living in an era now where the right are now cooler than the left and are anti-establishment. <laughs> and it is, it's such a true fact. I mean, we, back in the day, I think before before we was born, when you know censorship was a problem against the left, yeah, and it was the conservative censoring the left. Now it's polar opposite, so you can see how things have changed. And I think the whole politically correct attitude now isn't sitting well with Gen Z, and I think they are starting. I mean, I I've got TikTok, admittedly, and it is very addictive. And mm-hmm. when you scroll through it. I mean, you see these most outrageous jokes that are being put through TikTok (laughs) that I, you know, I can't even describe on on your podcast. I'd love to, but I can't Um, because they're so offensive. But at the same time, it's like, no, this is great. This is like punk nowadays. Yeah. Um, Conservatives are are cool now. Conservatives are the new rock and roll now. Right. Because they're rebelling against this, um, this thought police, this language police with pronouns and with... You should speak like this. And yeah. You you can't say this now. It's like no, I, I can say what I want. Thank you very much. Right. It's it's and, it's yeah. mind boggling that that's a conservative principle now. The idea of free speech. That yeah. to me, like looking back, like at what the religious right was doing in the states in in like the seventies or sixties or earlier yeah. when they were burning Beatles albums. You know, like all this stuff. Yeah. And trying to yeah, censor people. Yeah. Like. I now look at that and and I understand the motivation of like, we don't want our culture to degrade and and become filthy, Mm. but their approach was wrong. Right. And now I think like the, the, the right has found a new approach, but more so the left has just gone mad. Like they've just gone from Woodstock, you know, free love to all the way to like, wait, there's no such thing as gender. There's no up and down. Everything is just whatever you want it to be. It's your truth. And it's just like, man, that's just the failures of neo, well, liberalism in general. Yeah, really, isn't it? And in my own personal view, I think the sexual revolution has been a disaster. I agree. An absolute disaster. And I think nowadays sort of proves the point that it was inevitably a bad idea. Yeah. You know, we're turning our back on, on everything. We're turning our back on science. We're turning our back on tradition. We're turning our back on individualism because now individualism means oh yeah you can be whoever you want but now it's so polarized and so weaponized it's like no i want to be this i don't know boxed person right identity politics checklist you know you just want to be this person and then it's like no if you don't agree with this 
then you should either go to prison or be deplatformed and mm-hmm. cancelled and things like that. And, and it's like, go and be job. weird over there. Like, just <laughs> yeah. go and be weird. Yeah. Like, do your thing over there. Don't worry about my life. Don't worry that I disagree. Right. Uh, like, you know, just do your thing over there. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Leave me alone. I think you're Get spot off my on. Back. You're spot on about the sexual revolution, man. Like, I, I think the Free Love uh, Woodstock movement of the '60s led us mm. to, you know, the I guess the cocaine '70s era into the '80s oh, yeah. and all that, and eventually into the LGBT movement, and and all of these things just keep expanding and expanding their definition of what "quote unquote" love is, right? Until we get to few years ago with the love is love idea and now it's just there everything's on the table there's nothing that's not on the table and we're we're just continuing down that slippery slope but i i 100 agree with you man and i do think that that was a kind of a catalyst moment you know the 60s the woodstock era everything happening you know just kind of simultaneously there i think that that changed that changed the course of of american politics for sure and morality definitely yeah, yeah definitely. absolutely. Um, so we're pulling on yeah. 35 minutes, man. I want to give you some time to like plug yourself, talk about what you're doing, what the future Thank holds you. for you, all that stuff. And then I want to talk a little bit more, but we'll do a web extended for my Patreon because I'm trying sure. that out now. Sure. Yeah, cool. no, that sounds great. Um, yeah, at the minute, I've um, just been doing a lot of YouTube stuff at the minute. I've been reacting to this culture crisis that we're having in the West, unfortunately, which is very scary, very black pilled, very worrying. Um, so I've been reacting to that every single week. I've got um, a page called free speech state. It's called where he or she, I don't even know who they are. Just send me this uh, 10 things to, to react to. And I just organically react to it. Oh, that's cool. Um, which is pretty cool. So we struck up a little deal from doing that, which is really cool. Uh, so I do that every week. On top of that, I've managed to secure uh, an interview with um, a guy from Project Veritas in the weekend. Nice. So I get to speak um, to the whistleblower who blew the whistle on censorship of conservatism. Oh, so uh, censorship, sorry, censorship against conservatives. Right. There we go. Sorry, it's been a long day at work. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been doing that. Um, obviously, I write for Red Liberty Media now, along with yourself, yes. which is really good fun. And we'll be working together a lot more, won't yeah. we? So that yeah, we'll be, cool. be doing some uh, Red Liberty Media podcasts. Eventually, we'll team up. But you, yeah. I know you have one with uh, Bean coming up. Uh, I think yes. you're doing the first one. And then I'm doing yes. the second. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be good. We're going to be talking about how abortion is not a constitutional right, which is going to be very very interesting. So I've been doing a lot of homework. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so on the constitution. Fun. I love it, man. All right, well, thank you so much for your time. We're going to say goodbye here, and we're going to jump to the Patreon. But if you're not um, if you're not following Lewis, please do. Check him out on Instagram, Hilarious Clips on Instagram. Just subscribe to his YouTube, so you do the same. And um, just let us know what you think. Drop a comment. Let us know if you would disagree with anything, if you agree with things. And um, thank you guys for watching. We will see you next time. Thank you.